It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details, a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. This is a space to break down the big picture topics and, well, get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. It's also a platform for you to get involved. We'd love to hear from you. So get in touch. Email hello at lmtpod.com if you've got any questions, thoughts or general ponderings about City or football in general. Now, this is the shortened version of the show. If you'd like to hear more in depth and without the ads, then you can sign up through Memberful. Just head over to lmtpod.com for details. I'm David Mooney. Joining me is Sam Lee. Hello. And we've also got former Manchester City defender Nader Manua. Hello, my friend. How are Hello. you? Not too bad. Are you well? Yeah, I'm very, very good. I thought what I'd start with for this one is we talk about classic football chat. Oh, hold on, on a second. No, hold on a second. Um, the big reveal. Big reveal. Purely because I thought what I would do is put on the shirt that is your greatest City goal. Uh, greatest City goal. Well, I didn't score that many, but I can't think which one we took. We're obviously talking about Birmingham. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There was a major incident with that. Do you want me to describe it? Go for it, yeah. Okay, so it basically, like, describes my whole sort of, like, career experience as such. So I had the ball, I'm in their half, and I try and play a ball to Manuel Adebayor, but it's one of the worst balls that's ever been given by a human being. And that undersells just how bad this pass was. Yeah, it's horrendous, (laughs) to the point where Adebayo's looking at the ball like, what's happened here? But it was so bad, and I anticipated it being so bad that I ran onto it myself. So I played myself in, but then proceeded to put it into the bottom corner of my left foot from the edge of the box. (laughs) Yeah, So that's what sums up everything. I can do that, but it's never two great things at the same time. It's usually like a bit of a counter, but yeah, it was nice, a little celebration as well. And it's always good scoring. It's really good scoring, especially if you left foot outside the box. And I've got your Sunderland shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the Stamford Bridge game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, that, that shirt though, that's... That's a good this shirt. Is, this is my favourite city. Yeah. I can't believe we co- I nearly called your bluff before we even started. I, I know, like, I know. I'm going down the classic football shirt route in future. That's and I was the, like, oh, I don't know if they're going to be into it. I think that's when we went from possibly Cox Sportif to Umbro. Yeah. And Umbro being based in Manchester, that was like the heritage. They were given... There was no other team in England, sponsored by Umbro, that had that style of shirt. Mm. So City was like the one that they were really trying to invest into. And that was a time when like Adebayo was coming, Gareth Barry and so on. So the club felt like it was a completely different place where like there was a future to it. 
So to be able to wear that to play, to do well, like it's weird. I play for so long, but as soon as I see that, I have all those positive memories of like yeah. good times. But if you would have pulled out like, you know, one of the Reebok ones or whatever, I'd be thinking, ah, that was a bad year. That <laughs> the the pinstripe one that you were blowing kisses in. Yeah, well, you know, that was also from a goal. But yeah, like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to discuss that. I've not got that many goals. I've not got that many goals. No, I think we're done with them now, aren't we, actually? Yeah. Uh... Well, there's still a couple more than you guys. Let's just remember that. True. I've got nothing. Well, fine. <laughs> <Just> an... <laughs> Shall we get into some questions? Absolutely. Let's start then. Uh, Paul Johnson got in touch to say, do you think VAR and the experience of it would be improved by fans being able to listen to the conversation between them and the VAR room as they do in rugby? I think it's a good question because my whole thing is, well, I don't really get it, but there must be a system in place. And whether that's like, Pep Guardiola doing something or like temporary traffic lights when I'm sitting in traffic like I'm thinking <laughs> these people know more than I do so I'm going to let it slide and with VAR I know there's loads of sensible points of view and I know when I say get rid of the entire thing I am wrong but that is my entirely emotional viewpoint on it and that might be where we end up going so that's all I've got to say I mean in terms of the question yeah like if you can hear the conversations I think that's that's much better I ran a red light the other day because it wasn't changing oh yeah, yeah I think that's fine yeah I mean, don't well, take out. Is that, I was, not there, to say, I was not, there about five or six minutes. It's not to say it moved. wasn't changing. It hadn't changed. It hadn't changed. I yeah. think that's the difference. Like, that's <laughs> the one that'll get you in court. I think it wouldn't be a good idea for them to hear it. And the reason I say that is because the same problem still exists whereby the way that we as fans of the game perceive the game is different to how the referees and other officials perceive the game as well because they know the law book inside and out. I think regularly we, we're faced with things where our interpretation of something is very different to the way that officials see it. So if you hear a bunch of officials talking, it basically be a foreign language. They'll be looking for things which we think are wrong. The wording that always trips me up is that reckless is a yellow card. Because reckless to me sounds like it should be a red card. Yeah. The language around it's it sounds... reckless then to dangerous though, yeah. isn't it? And it's annoying because reckless is just like a, a mistimed tackle they'll call reckless. A mistimed tackle they won't say it's just mistimed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like they want to deliver a level of intent to it, but most people aren't going out there trying to foul people. So I don't think it would necessarily help. I think the VAR topic itself is an interesting one because I think it's shone a light on us as fans of the game more so than, say, an issue that it has itself. Because every week, like you see something and you don't understand why decisions have been given or not been given, but all the referees understand exactly why. And an example, like, sorry, I'm, I'm semi-ranting here, but um, crack on. So a lot of people remember all the decisions which they feel has gone against them, but forget all the ones that have gone in their favor. Yeah, they're like yeah. socks. Yeah, essentially. I put, I put it to you because I put it to you that we sometimes lose pairs of socks but don't know about it. Yeah, yeah, there is that. There definitely is that, and that's human. <laughs> Why is this? And it's human. That's like human nature itself, and it gets to your mind so much that say for that's the like red lights, by the way, April at the City Arsenal game. So the John Stones goal, he scores it. The flag's up. So historically, for all the games we've watched in the past before VAR, that means there's no goal. That's just disallowed. Yeah, it's just disallowed. There's no goal. So people stop celebrating. Yeah. Then there's a big VR check, waiting a while, goal's given, people start celebrating, yeah. And then somebody turned to me and said, listen, next time you're on TV, you need to mention this. Because of VAR, you're not allowed to celebrate anymore because you're always worried about it not being a goal. And I said, well, on this particular occasion, you wouldn't have celebrated anyway because the linesman's flag was up or the assistant referee's flag was up. And secondly, you just got given a goal because of video assistant. And if the video assistant wasn't there, then there's no goal. So surely that's a benefit, but instead he treated it like a, a negative. I was like, I'm confused. This has literally it's, just helped you. Yeah, but it's it's this idea that the use of VAR in and of itself yeah. is the controversial thing. That's it. Whatever whatever happens, the use, the use of, of it a, is controversial. The use That's, of another official yeah. is a controversy because I think sometimes when we talk about VAR, we talk about it like it's some sort of bot in a room yeah. somewhere. It's another 
like referee that's refereeing the game alongside somebody else. And that's why there's ultimately human error that comes with it as well. Because I'd say there's another human in there. But if you take it away, like I understand something about just changing it, going back to what it was. But again, that's almost like the nostalgia of thinking about everything being fine at once upon a time with referees being good. For every time VR makes a mistake, it's like the biggest thing in the world ever. If the video assistant referee wasn't here, there'd be more mistakes being made. Because think about every decision that's overturned. If that video assistant referee wasn't there, then it's as it was before. So City going at half time against Arsenal, it's 1-0. And you could look at the video on your TV screen and see that it should have been a goal. And is that what we want? Where yeah. it's like, ah, it's the, it's the debate and the pub we want to have. Well, there's an anxiety as well, because you feel you're being wrong. So how does that fit in with your get rid of it? In terms of getting rid of it, which obviously isn't going to happen, it's like the toothpaste is out of the tube now. Like Because now, every single goal, you know, there's like, they'd freeze frame it quickly. Even if the guy's like five yards on side, everything. So we're now going back all the time as fans. So if they did hypothetically get rid of it for next season... We're still in that frame of mind now where we're nitpicking over every single thing. I we were there already, think, Yeah, exactly. I think that existed before. No, 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 it didn't. We it, absolutely no, did. 100%. No, absolutely not like now. If, if there was ever anything which was borderline contentious, which led to a goal, no. but you see it literally in the championship. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, that's, no, but I'm saying like, if, for example, there was a goal, like the prime example is when a goal gets scored from a corner that shouldn't have been a corner. Mm. Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. replays of the ball not being a corner. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. So they are nitpicking. They're seeing that. And they don't need to do that because the corner's the most important thing as and, after someone's scored. And the VAR no, won't I know, I change know, that. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, know, no, I know it was bad in, in that sense. But I, I, I actually gave this example on another um, Let Me Talk podcast recently. But it was like a United-Liverpool game from like 15 years ago. It was like Skulls is some kind of record goal or whatever. Like I'd seen that goal. I've celebrated it as a fan at the time. Like I've seen it load since on Sky or these things. And then I watched it a couple of years ago. And when the ball went out wide from like John O'Shea to like Ryan Giggs or something, Giggs was like half a body offside, maybe a bit less. But now you'd think that's that's obviously offside. Why are they even getting the lines out? But nobody mentioned it at the time. I hadn't even thought of it myself until VAR came in. All the times I'd seen that goal, they were going back to like, oh, the ball before the cross comes in. That's the thing that's changed now. Our viewers, fans, if they did get rid of it, which, which they weren't. I think that hyper-analysis of everything I think that is different. That existed already, because mm. that Manchester derby that you won at Old Trafford, mm. um, when Banjani scored off his shoulder the second goal, yeah. Martin Petrov is offside. on the. He takes the corner. When it's played mm. back out to him for the, for the second cross, he's offside. And I remember in the immediate aftermath of that game, there being, well, that goal shouldn't have stood. Okay. Mm. That's what I mean. Like it, We're talking about a lot of games across a long period of time and so on, so it's quite easy to forget about certain elements within it, but... Again, football's changed so much. To say that even the camera angles from 15 years ago are very different to now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're seeing things, the producers are like setting things up differently and they want to... That's what I mean, the producers are setting things up differently now in like this but VAR But then I also think producers across just media in general are setting up everything differently. I think the way that people want to perceive a game now is far different to say what they wanted to do back then, like the idea of just play on or whatever. But then think about that's all the what, times... That's what I mean. But think about all the times when, you were, when we were all a lot younger and so on, where a manager after a game would come and insist upon a decision being incredibly wrong and how they're outraged by it. And that's because of the analysis of it. You know, like, oh, this should have been offside. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. should have been a foul. This should have been this. This should have been that. So people were looking because I think... I just don't think they were going back further in moves. Do you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, but how far are they going back? Because I think one thing that the Premier League has kind of gotten right in some ways about this is that it's very rarely, very rare that a goal gets disallowed because of something that happened 20 seconds earlier. There are other countries where that's been the case. Mm. I saw a goal this weekend where somebody was fouled on the edge of their box attacking and then a goal went up and was scored on the other end. And they brought it all the way back for that. Think how few times you've actually seen that. Yeah, they, they did I can't, it initially, I think, and I think they stopped changing. Yeah. It. I can't think of many Premier League goals that have been disallowed because there was a foul 
in there the build-up. In the first year, I remember, yeah, for fouls, I'm not it sure. It always tends to be offsides, yeah. and it always tends to be, oh, the ball was out here or something like that. Mm. But I don't remember a, a situation where it was, that might have been a foul. Three passes later, they're in and they've scored. Yeah. But just I, to, I, don't, like, I don't remember that being... To go back to your question to me about where I sounded like getting rid of it, it's because... It's this idea now that, oh, we're going to bring in VAR and this is going to sort out all the stuff. And, you know, you know that's where the whole conversations in the pub thing came from is because it was going to fix it. And they've got there's this pretension that it's going to be perfect. Yeah. And you were saying... But that's you know, a mistake, though. That's yeah. a mistake of the people. But, yeah, exactly. Process. But you were saying earlier on, like, there's conversations between referees where, you know, we all on the outside say that's definitely... Like the Rashford offside, for example. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Against, against City earlier this season. But it was obvious that for the referees, there was some interpretation in the law there where that was fine. We had conversations yeah, about yeah, this yeah. just on the phone, whatever. But I feel like that there's that pretense that it's supposed to be perfect. And then when there's such a clangor and it just takes so long. Like, the, 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 Stone, the Stones won against Arsenal. I tweeted at the time. So I was like, that is a great use of VAR. It's exactly what it's there for. But it was kind of jokey, but I was serious. Like, But I would happily see that goal chalked off if we never had VAR again. Just because, even though it worked fine there, just the whole thing, if it takes so long... How long did it take? That wasn't so bad, but that was a couple of minutes. <laughs> but it got to this... But, no, but, no, but that, that, that is a good example of it working well but, within but, like but a couple of minutes. But there's, does, does there's times where it takes like five minutes. Does it matter, so. Well, you say the times oh, right. it takes five minutes. They're so rare. Those five-minute things are so rare, but they're the ones who hold on to the most. I think for me... As long as you get to the right decision, then the amount of time it shouldn't really matter because we what we play we watch a game. No, it we does matter. No, but it shouldn't because we watch a game where, say, if your team's winning, you want them to time waste. You want them to roll around on the ground and kill time. Yes. Yeah, but that's 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 football. I know, but why though? But why though? That, but why? You know what I mean? It's just, it's the same concept. Because it's because it's, it's if you bother about time, it's the same thing. Our team are in control. Know, but that's, it's still time. It's still time being wasted. It's, it's one team deciding they don't want to play the game. Yeah, yeah. But that's fine. We can support that, especially if it's at home. But then if some if the decision's taken a while to say, if push comes to shove, and say this season again, because for me I always find it about perspective, and I hate sounding like I'm a simp for VR because I hate this, but. Say City make it the Champions League final and there's a goal that gets disallowed and it goes to VAR and it's taking forever. If the right decision is it's a goal and it's an important moment for that game, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I'd say just disregard it because it's taking too long. You want the right decision to come because that's the whole purpose of it. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves... Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Let me talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via memberful. You can pay as little as two pounds per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Just while we're on referees, just because the question was about conversation between the VAR and and the referee, have you seen the videos of um, that have been put out of the conversations where no. it's, the, the, there's, it's, it, there was a couple, there was one from the A League. It was uh, Jared Gillett who now referees in the Premier League, where you could hear what they were talking about and what they were talking through. Mm. I thought it was very informative. Yeah. I, I, oh yeah, when you said at the start that it's like listen to a different language, yeah. it'll be like listen to a different language, like you and like Jolian talking yeah, about, yeah. or you you marked up during a game. Like yeah. For us, that would be a different language. Again, the Arsenal City game the other week when there was the De Bruyne video and he mm. was like refs are 4v3 and so how does he even know that in real time yeah. like hearing conversations like that would be fascinating so I, personally I would be interested to hear the referees even if it, we didn't get it just so it's a different perspective and mm. then I can go oh yeah so it's, a lot more, I mean. it's a lot easier to listen to when you're a neutral within something because if you've got a side in that race you can think how many times we've seen decisions where both sets of like fans have had completely different views on the same incident Yeah, but you then you, I mean? you can kind of it's, you're never going to this is the thing with conspiracy theories you're never really going to eliminate them but if you no. can hear the referees saying well it's because of this and it's because of this yeah but you could still say, well, that's it's a conspiracy not because, against us. It's not because, oh, it's Wolves, so don't give them a penalty. Yeah, like the, after the... But I'm sure they would then analyze, analyze going, well, this ref said this they, in this game three months ago. There were some and people... He and he said this against when it was us. Some, but. but then that's referees in general. You know, we, we get if we get rid of the video assistant referee, we're still left with referees refereeing the game of football. And they're human, and they're more human than when there's somebody else there over the shoulder helping them as well. That's the whole point. Like, their whole team is put together to try and do the best that they can in this game to make it a fair game itself. It's going to be a lot harder when a referee... Say, a referee can't see everything, so then that's the whole point of a video assistant that gets the chance to see it again, you know, and to maybe refer to the referee, well, this is this and this is that. Go and have a look to see whatever. So what what do you think about the idea of the way it runs with the referee describing what they've seen yeah. and the video official then saying well that's about what it is or yeah. so I'm not going to I'm not going to make I'm not going to let you come and have another look yeah I think the idea of a second look because they don't get a second look at the moment no but I think one thing which like we need to accept overall I think as a sort of as like stakeholders within the game is understanding that to overturn the decision the bar is very high hmm. so the referee is still very much in charge like we're talking the referee is 90% in charge maybe 95% and he's only not in charge when there's something which is so obvious that it needs to be changed. So the game isn't that different overall, if you know what I mean. And I think that's where some people struggle because then the referee's decision, once it's made, that's the foundation. It's not a totally neutral situation now where they just look at something and say, well, is it this or is it that? The unintended consequence of that, though, is, of course, the referee then going, well, I'm not going to give that in case I'm wrong. And if I am wrong, it'll be overturned. Yeah, they're not training the referees to do that, though. And if you think that they are, that's part of like a conspiracy as such. Like a referee will try and referee a game like there isn't a video assistant referee right. there. You know what I mean? They see what they see. They're not going to be passive with decisions just because they know someone's back or whatever. Because that person is like the last line to help them out. If they don't need to go to the video assistant referee for anything, as in to really check anything to overturn, then that's a better game for them. The video assistant referee is the person right. that they don't want to employ. Because if the person in the middle does such a great job, 
then it doesn't matter, does it? You know what I mean? And they'll always check everything just to make sure, but they don't want to overturn anything and they won't do that if the referee makes the right decisions. Just like football for the last 150 years. But unfortunately, they always make mistakes. So <laughs> here we are. Always. Andrew Detmer, for, um, who has uh, asked, can Man City retain its fan culture of irreverence and self-depreciation while also being a footballing powerhouse? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Do you not think so? Yeah, but I was I was just thinking, do they do they need to? Is that because I was thinking of other big clubs where you've got like a local support and an overseas support, and there's always kind of a split there anyway. There may be, you know, Man United fans at home and then overseas who are for a certain player or against a certain manager. And then you've got a split where you had like this like Mourinho mm. cult and like Martial cult or Liverpool fans are like, oh yeah, well the locals are this and like overseas it's more whether it's FSG in or out, you know, there's there's kind of a split there. And I feel like the only thing there's gonna be a difference of with City is that very kind of local, authentic kind of you know, the city fan base got gets a lot of stick for, you know, not singing or not turning up or whatever. But I've genuinely got loads of mates who are City fans who are like, well, I might not go tonight because I can't be asked. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, or I've got mates who have been to um, like Zagreb away for like a Champions League game. It was a bit of a dead rubber. In a taxi back to the City Centre after like 20 minutes because it was like, well, we might as well go back to the bar. That is like part of the culture, which you can't really go and put on Twitter. Like, oh, yeah, by the way. But that is part of it. You know, there's just a kind of, well, we'll do things on our own terms. Like, you know, when Guardiola says, can everyone turn up three hours early? Like there's obviously a load of not just City fans but British fans who would never turn up that early yeah. to a game. It's completely alien. Whereas when I went to Munich the other week, the stadium was full way before. Like there was an Argentina game recently where they were in that three hours before. And it's just different cultures. But I think City are very specific. They occupy a very specific role in British football culture where it's they very much do it on their own terms. You know, they'll boo the Champions League anthem. Uh, Premier League anthem. Boo the Premier League <laughs> anthem now. And they've got their own kind of personality. But then you'll have overseas fans who maybe think that local fans and maybe like local journalists like me I've seen them say like, because I, I, I just said like City played the other week and I was like oh, Mara's okay Mara's you took the penalty but like come off corners now because Alvarez is playing and Alvarez is good at corners and there was like some like overseas fans having to go like oh I dare you to have a go at the English players and I'm like well this isn't like where people are from but then all of a sudden you get this you get this thing within the fan base where it's like, oh, well, you know, our players, maybe just whether it's overseas or Muslim or whatever, and then it's like, well, they get special treatment from journalists or UK fans or the manager. So there's always going to be that split. And I think as the City fan base grows, there is going to be that. But I think you'll always retain the kind of the very City-specific element of what a City fan is. I don't know if this question, though, is getting at the idea that City fans City fans generally go, oh, it's always us. Like, if there's one team that will mess it up, it's always us. But at the same time, you look at how they've won the Premier League in the last few years. Mm. You're like, you, you, you always mess it up. Well, Aguero scored in the last minute. Yeah. You always mess it up. Gundogan scored in the in the last minute. You always mess it up. And like, won every, the every, every, by 20 points. Yeah, every, twice. every time this happens, you kind of go, well, can you actually I think keep there, saying There's that? certain things that overseas fans like inherit as well. Because it's kind of like, well, I want to support this club. You know, a lot of our listeners and viewers and stuff are from overseas fans because they want to be as kind of ingrained with the culture as possible. So listen to all the podcasts, watch all the TV shows. And there's there's certain ways to think and act that you inherit. But then there's also ways that you just, you've got that are local to you. And yeah, I think those kind of characteristics will probably be retained because... I think that part of it, for all the kind of splits you get, that part of it is kind of dictated by Manchester. And I think that's the same for other big clubs who have got like a global fan base as well. It's like there's all there's certain elements that I think fans around the world think, well, we we see the game and we see football through this way. 
and you know whether that's the underdog thing of booing the anthems mm. and stuff or any other example so yeah i think i think they will kind of maintain it that way because that's the kind of vibe that's generating but they will you just have but to get used to more splits you know now it's united because because guardiola's there and there's nothing to complain about really it's little things like oh maybe mara should play more or i don't know maybe Alvarez should play for whatever you know yeah. but like when guardiola goes and there's more stuff to moan about presuming that happens which i think it probably will then it'll be more like okay well, people will pick their own different sides but you'll still have that kind of core identity of the fan base can you win the number of trophies and titles that city have and still say i'm a city fan for my sins as people yeah do? i think i think it's i think some of it's generational i know like some you were talking about say like uh foreign fans and so on but like a younger football fan now is aligned with city because they're the best team you know and as a consequence they like expect that experience as such you know of them just being great and you can have that is another split actually between young and old yeah that's, I think that's I'd argue that's a bigger split than compared to the foreign one because say like a 35 year old foreigner or whatever has probably seen City's history because there are lots of people abroad who saw City when they were different in the 90s but then see them now and appreciate them now whereas I think younger fans overall you know they're more sort of enamoured to certain players and you know say you've got some of the best players in the world and they play some of the best football and they've got iconic managers and other iconic players and so on. So it's like an easy thing to be gravitating towards. But within the city, there's still this level of like irrational pessimism that exists between most of the fan base because of the fact that they've seen things go wrong before. So even when things are perfect and great, they're never like 100% sure about anything. I reckon 30,000 people looked at the clock after Rob Holding scored against Arsenal midweek in the 86th minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's been the most comfortable game they've probably ever seen at the Etihad of a big, big nature. But then they're looking at the clock and like, Oh, there's still enough time left for a comeback here and that's like the irrational bit but like a younger person probably wouldn't do that because they know that City have been fantastic for the last 10 years or however long it's been yeah. so I think from an identity standpoint I think you can because as these fan bases become bigger and bigger and so on there's still that same core and people like CO3 in here in our 30s like we're going to be linked to the football club in some manner hopefully for the next 50, 60 years anyway so whatever iteration of the club will be, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever iteration the club's going to be going forward it's still the same faces that exist within it and our generation are the ones who saw it be crap and have seen it be great and if there's anything that falls in the middle then it's fine because we were there at the start and we were there at the top as well so I don't think it changes identity and I think for some people they feel more comfortable when things aren't going well so in yeah. this point, when things are going great, like they really enjoy it, but they enjoy it just a bit more if there's a fraction more jeopardy, you know, if that, if that makes sense. So I think you can still do it. I think it's good that they're perceived as like a, almost like a flag bearer for the way clubs should be run, the way like things should be in terms of trying to grow and so on and so forth. But interestingly, in the same breath, all the fans that exist within Manchester who've been going for 20, 30, 40 years, that doesn't really make any difference to them because they still want to just go and watch the team on a Saturday anyway. So I think ultimately the club can be many different things, but it's many different things for many different people. And whether it's a young engagement on like TikTok with kids and putting like skins out there for Fortnite or whatever, or whether it's a case of, you know, some of the sitting in the community stuff with having like walking football for people in the 50s, like that's... What I like they know that their appeal is to a lot of people whether the ones have been there from one day or like most of their lifetime so I think you can still be the same people perceive you differently from the outside and they'll try and latch onto whatever group puts you in the worst light like say the person that wants to leave early or whatever they exist everywhere within football yeah, yeah. and the amount of stadiums I've been to where like if in fact the next time someone watches a game on TV that's not City related tell me if someone's singing from the first minute through to the 90th because it's a long time to sing for 90 minutes straight it doesn't oh, really yeah, happen it doesn't happen but you only mention it at certain places if there's a narrative that they don't sing, you know. But then in the same breath, like everyone's got their quirks. So I think I think they can do it. 
and it's the club still feels very familiar to people depending on regards to whatever sort of situation they're in I think there's not many clubs I would say that have their worst ever period in living memory to their best ever period yeah late 90s going yeah. around the third tier it's just, and then what 15 uh, years later it's the easiest thing in the world to forget that there was once a point where there was no Manchester derby for three years like in the Premier League City feel like today they feel like they've been there for the whole time you know been a force but like no like, yeah all this stuff about it. FA Cup final like, oh can you believe there's never been it's a like, match yeah, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, <laughs> without a doubt I can 100% believe that winning at Old Trafford in 2008 the first time in 36 years you know what I mean 36 years but still now because it's the nature of the rivalry in City's position like that meteoric rise has made some people forget about say where they were coming from at some point Here's what it is like the way football is, there's so many different opinions, and there's so many different sort of like anecdotal things that can exist that you can prove whatever point you want to prove. If you want to show people leaving the stadium early, they'd be like, Oh, look at them, they don't care about this, that, and the other. But then that happens everywhere. It's probably quite a wise move because I was stuck in traffic for an hour after the game on Wednesday, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then all of a sudden, make that the last game of the season against Villa and nobody's leaving early, you know? So, like, that shows the committed to the very end. There are lots of different ways to see it. You say whatever you want to say and you can prove your point. I was this close to going, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, it is what it is. Some people don't, like, if City are winning every single week, like, it's, it's fun, but then... It's also, an obligation, isn't it? Yeah, but then in the same breath, like, if they're losing every single week, like, it's counterintuitive, they'd probably stay longer, like... What we do? There is a curious thing about attitudes in the Etihad as well at the moment because when you think in the past, nil-nil at the start of the game, most games was a good result for City at that point. Mm. But as certain now, City need three points every game, so nil-nil. It's not a good result to start with. So you're already on edge yeah. because you're not you've not got your objective at kickoff. You've got mm. got to go out there and achieve it. And now, most this, weeks they do. This the time of the season, April May. Yeah, when. Especially a couple of seasons that ago. Brighton fact, last game, season, like, yeah, last the Brighton season, game yeah. I always talk about. Like people, were, There was a period where City were scoring early goals and then it got to the fact where if they weren't scoring after 20 minutes, people were like, oh no. Yeah, it's a bad it's performance. Like, yeah. It's fine. Like, yeah. They're managing this game as they need to manage it. So yeah, that's that's one of those other elements. And yeah, you're, you're right about the generational thing mm. because there's the whole York away mentality, isn't there? But then you've also got people who were there who are still like, well, now we have got standards that we should keep them up to and then you've got other people who are maybe on the terraces with them at the same age mm. who are saying yeah but you know we're just kind of happy to be a kind of thing and again like you say it's, it's different things to different people you can mm. slice it whichever way you want but there are kind of characteristics of City fans but it's interesting because there is like not necessarily a split because that's like a negative connotation but in terms of like City's away crowds in particular my mates who are City fans are generally older like 50s 60s they've been going forever and there's just like loads of like 18, 19, 20 year olds who just, you know, the song at the moment, spend all our money on drugs and city. Like that, it's like half the away ends that, and half of it's like people who have been going forever. And it's like, that's got really mortgage and yeah. Yeah, that's like a, yeah, that's good. That's a really interesting like dynamic in the fan base, too. I was on a podcast the other day with Andy Mitten, and he was, you know, obviously like the biggest United fan going. And he was saying his family always used to be red, but then they got a couple of like nephews or whatever, or they're city fans now. And I was like, well, that's how, you know, City got bigger. Like, if they've broken the Mitten family, <laughs> then it's like, they're, they're like well, what's next? Like, global domination, the next stop. And that's it for the second episode of Let Me Talk Details. Thank you very much for listening and for getting in touch. If you'd like to send in a question for future episodes, you can reach us on all of our socials, or you can email us as well at hello at lmtpod.com. Now, if you'd like a longer and ad-free version of this show, you can head over to lmtpod.com and sign up via Memberful. And uh, if you do, Sam, there'll be, uh, there'll be extra details in there. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, even more details, um, even more in-depth every answer, and a whole new answer to a doozy of a question, which was, who's the most important single figure at City since the takeover? So head over to lmtpod.com and check them out. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 